Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is live Q&A number 61 for my virtual coaching group on Facebook and it's October 11, 2021. I would like to do some shout outs real quick. What a wonderful week a lot of our riders had. Avery in Kansas won two buckles this weekend at the Christian Youth Rodeo Association. One for goat tine and one for barrel racing. Congratulations. Um, Danielle in Future won a Barrels and Bulls in Florida. Um, you know, we had a lot. I mean, there was, I'm working on about 20 videos right now. And a lot of you met your goals. Um, Mac and Suspicious won the Youth 1D in Florida at MBHA uh, District 6. For the youth and placed or was in the 1D for the open as well with 130 riders. Um, so there was just a lot of really great runs. Um, Samantha uh, in New York on Fergus and Tonka was in the 1D cracks on both horses with two really nice runs with a really good turnout of riders. Um, Martine and Pistol were in the 2D at Williston, Florida. So uh, but a lot of you uh, sent in videos that, you know, you weren't as happy with, that there are things that you need to work on. And you know what? That's part of it. And I'm going to tell you, it's a journey and you have to enjoy all of it. And we're going to talk about that today with the questions that came in, as well as the topic for Chapter 4, Heart of a Champion um, by Donna Taylor, the uh, WPRA calf roping champion. And I really hope you guys comment on it. Uh, after I post this in the group, because I think it's really important that you consider all of these things when you're doing competition. Um, we do this ultimately because it's where our passion lies. It's our, our, um, it's our journey. It's something that we want to do, you know, and, um, we have to always keep that in mind. So this week, um, for the challenge in the group, I put in there and I'm going to talk about it. Your seven steps to making your life, your dream life come true. Um, there's a few members highlights. I'm waiting for questions to get answered and send back. So I didn't have any of those. Um, I do have eight people on the personal best list for October, which is awesome because it's only, what is it? The 11th of the month and we already have eight personal bests. So that's awesome. Um, I think that's great. Some of you are, your personal best was winning 1D or a jackpot or whatever. Other ones, it was hauling your colt out for their very first exhibitions. Um, whatever it is, my personal best I'm excited about is I loped Rocky for the pattern for the second time today. And he actually loped the entire pattern. So I'm excited to start exhibitioning him the rest of the October, November, December. And my goal is to start entering him sometime next year after we've exhibitioned and hauled enough that I feel like he's feeling confident as we add speed and he's ready to go. So I'm looking forward to 2022 and, and adding speed to Rocky and getting him finished and, and start entering sometime next year when he's ready. So I think it's important that we have goals and we have dreams. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, a lot of times people are dreamers and some people are doers and others are achievers. And honestly, we want to be all three, right? We want to dream, we want to do, and we want to achieve. So uh, in the group this week, I would like you to grab pen and paper and write this down. 
um, as your skill and mindset. I put a picture in the group of my own personal vision board and um, what my dreams and goals are. And I'd like you to do the same for yourself. So seven steps to becoming um, the person that you want to be. I already did it as another podcast um, earlier today. So I'm not going to repeat it now. And I've also posted it in the group. But there's seven questions that I ask you. And I want you to go ahead and read those questions. And then write your answers. But it's going to take you a while to probably even decide what you want to write. And then it's going to take you a while to practice it. But eventually, I want you to look back at those things that you wrote down after you've practiced it and see if that's how your life is changing and how it's becoming what you want. I think it is important to define what we want out of our lives and pursue it. And I think you can add to it. That's why I picked a cork board with push pins because I can put in new things or take away things that I want to or modify or whatever. You know, goals and dreams can be modified. They can be added to or, you know, whatever. So anyways, the very first question I had for the group, um, it was about, it's basically a comment. Um, I want you guys to know that this is a safe place in the group. You know, we can be vulnerable. We can show our ugly runs, our good runs, and it's not out there in the public for the whole world to see. It's in our group, and we're going to always be able to learn from it. You're not going to always have the best runs, you know. I mean, ideally, we want to become consistent, whether you become consistent 1D, 2D, 3D, whatever it is. You you do want to become consistent. But the group is a place where you're supposed to be learning together and what's working and what's not working, It's not a place to shame you or make you feel bad about anything. It's a place to praise what you did right and then suggest what you need to do to do to improve. Um, For some of you, I know it's hard because you work full time and it's hard to get on your horses during the week. It's hard to tune on them. But if you really want to improve, you're going to have to find the time or skip competition on the weekend and tune on the weekend. And, and then, you know, go to barrel race every other weekend and tune on the opposite weekends. You've got to find the time to practice because practice is what makes perfect. Competition is helpful. You got to do both, but you got to train. You got to tune. You can't just pull them out of the pasture and go barrel racing and hope and pray it turns out okay. You know, you're not going to see that with your top level, you know, NFR riders. they have a tight schedule, they work out every day, they train their horses every day, I mean, you know, it's something they eat, breathe, and sleep, and if you're that competitive, and you want to do that good, you're going to have to put it in your schedule, now, mind you, it's, you know, it shouldn't become a chore, it should be something you enjoy, but it depends on what your dreams are, if you're totally okay with clocking in the 4D or the 3D, with just, you know, a little bit of working out on your horse during the week and then running on the weekend, that's okay too. Whatever it is that you want out of this group is where I want to help you. So I just want that to be said. A question about anticipation came in. Um, They don't know if it's a horse or the rider. So something I would suggest doing, obviously, we look at the videos and see if your pictures or your videos are showing that you're causing the anticipation or if it is your horse. And then I would recommend doing some tuning up. You can do all lefts, all rights. You can do the windmill. 
Um, you can do the four barrel drill. Any of those, the D pattern, would all be great for anticipation issues. And you want to also focus on riding on your outside stirrup, even looking at the horse's outside ear when you ride. Yes, I said ear. Um, and looking at the outside tracks and keeping your, your shoulders and your hips square and your hands even and letting your inside leg and pinky maybe shape them every once in a while and keeping that position and work a lot of collected circles at a walk, trot, and a lope where you can have good form. So that's really important. The next comment I have about that too is foundation needs to come first. A lot of times I see people exhibitioning and they don't even have a good foundation on their horses yet or entering. <clears throat> I already gave you guys in the group a 12-week program for foundation and a 12-week program for, for competition. But honestly, it could be 12 weeks, it could be 12 months. It depends on how much time you can put into it, where the horse is currently in their training. And um, most likely on the competition, it's going to be a year of exhibitioning and hauling to get things seasoned, a year of their novice year or fraturity year, a year of their derby year, a year of their open year to get seasoned for super shows or rodeos. It could be a year of pro rodeo before they're solid to start, you know, being seasoned enough to handle those conditions. You know, everything is a seasoning. So I always think of those terms of uh, seasoning for a year to get them used to super shows or pro rodeos or just hauling for jackpots. You know, it all takes time. But foundation should come first. Pattern, slow and correct should come second. And you should only add speed as they're showing that they're ready and they're doing things correctly. Um... If you're 1D and you had a rough weekend, practice is going to help you, okay? It's going to help. It's going to be what helps you succeed. If you're running 4D and you're usually 3D, practice during the week. That's what's going to help you succeed. You get what you put into things, okay? Just as anything. I know my horses, if I get on them once a week, they're not as good as if I get on them three or four days a week. Um, with me right now having a bad hip, it's painful. It hurts to ride. And so sometimes I do it every other day because of the pain so bad. Um, but I have to do it because the stretching is good for me. The riding is good for me, but it's a, it's a fine line. And it also makes my horses better by riding them. So, um, so just remember that. So today I want to talk about chapter four of the heart of a champion and Nothing is Written in Stone is the name of that chapter. As I mentioned, I'd love everybody to get the book on Amazon or Kindle. Um, and you can read it on your cell phone or you can buy the soft cover and have it in your little hands and write in it and highlight it. But this is really a sad chapter. Um, some weird things happened as anybody who's been watching it um you know like she sells iron man and gets this horse detroit who's much more forgiving because she tells her mentor troy that she doesn't want to improve her riding she just wants a horse that'll work with her and sometimes i think people are like that they'd rather take shortcuts and um, find a horse that's forgiving and they just want to get out there and compete they don't want to do the work to improve their self um i truly feel like 90% of mistakes out there in competition are due to rider. It's either the rider's cues in competition or how you prepared. 
that week or in warm-up or whatever, your mental game. And 10% could be a training issue or a pain issue in the actual horse. Um, I just hate when someone blames the horse, though. Um, I feel like it's our responsibility um, to prepare them. I think it's your responsibility. The horse should come before the competition. Um, even with the new horse, Detroit, the 17 year old who's forgiving, she's still inconsistent because she didn't do the work. Um, she wanted to just compete and go for the world championship and all of that. This chapter becomes really dark and sad really fast for anybody who read it knows that she's dealing with some mental health issues like the OCD and the, um, binging and and puking and her dad is sick or horse dies. I mean, a lot of stuff happens in this chapter. Um, It reminds me of years ago when a man, I I trained a horse for a man and this horse was smart. I mean, he was smart. I'm saying in 60 days, we had him in an O-ring and he was clocking one second out 3D um, easily. And he was just a smart horse. He had one issue, though. He didn't like to load in the trailer to come home. He would go fine, but he was scared coming home. He needed to be worked through it. So anyways, they had some issues going on with the father and the daughter, and they sold him. And when he called me, he told me who he sold him to. And he told me what happened. I was like, that's not a good idea. You need to go check on your horse. And the reason why I said that is because the guy came to watch me. He wanted to be a trainer. He said he went to Pat Pirelli and he was um, a level something, you know, trainer. And actually, prior to that, I skipped part of it. The owner asked me if I would go meet this guy they were going to sell him to. And so I agreed. So I went there. And when we got there, the guy is riding his horse, bridleless, saddleless, going over jumps and all this stuff in his yard, uh, logs and all this, bridleless and saddleless. And then he points and loads his horse in the trailer just by pointing. So, of course, the owner was super impressed, that the guy who was selling the horse. And I was impressed, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So then the guy said, oh, you train full-time. Can I come to your place and watch you? And I was like, all right. So he comes to my place to watch me, and he says, well, how do I get my business going? And I said, well, you know, start with one client at a time and get a website so you have, you know, some references and horses that you trained on there. And literally the next day he had a website and he had this horse that he had just bought from my client laying down and saying, and I'm talking you guys 24 hours, laying down saying this is what trust, love and trust looks like. And this horse was laying down and he was next to him. Well, the owner called me and he said he had, you know, wouldn't return his calls, blah, blah, blah. And I said, something's not right. I know your horse and there's no way he had that horse laying down. I don't care what level of Pirelli training he is. There's no way he had that horse laying down in that picture like he did in 24 hours and built a website. It's just crazy. I mean, there's just no way. So I said, you need to go check on your horse. So he goes to check on his horse. The guy's not there. There's cars in the parking lot, trucks in the parking lot, driveway. So he goes to the barn. The horse, the horse, I don't want to say his name, but he's in a stall and he has no water. There's flies all over him, poop all over the stall, no water, no, no food, no hay, nothing. The horse's leg is swollen, rope burns on both front legs. One leg is swollen like the knee is like the size of a basketball. And um, he had laid that horse down with ropes. That's how he got that trust and love picture on his website. 
So the owner's beside himself. He pounds on the door. The father answers the door and he said his son is sleeping, that he had been off his bipolar medicine and hadn't had any sleep in two days. He didn't even know he was bipolar. So he said, I want my horse. I'm taking my horse. And they said, well, you need to give us back our money, which I think it was like three grand plus two months of training. And the guy had only had him like a week, but he said because he'd done so much with him in a week, it was like, I don't know, another a thousand bucks he wanted. So the guy went and got his trailer, paid the guy the money because he wanted to get his horse out of that situation. So, but come to find out this guy's bipolar and abuse this poor horse and everything. So I guess what I'm trying to say is um, everything has to be done in balance. You cannot be extreme to one end or the other. You've got to find a happy medium. I know things are hard for people and they want to do things, but sometimes you got to take the time it takes. And horse training, there is no magic pill. There is no magic bit. There is no magic training. There's just... Um, a bit more knowledge. There's just time and patience and going at a speed that they can learn on their calendar, not your calendar. So I hope, um, you know, you guys are enjoying this book. I certainly did the first time I read it in June. Um, but the most important thing I want to say is we've got to have, you know, they, she talks about hope and the journey and the process and, and failing that you're going to fail. But to never give up is what's really important. And it truly is. In the beginning, all she wants is that WPRA calf roping title. And that's all she can think about. But at the sacrifice of so much, her mental health, her family, her marriage, her husband, her kids, you know, expenses of going to treatment two times, you know, two treatments. Um, I'm going to let people who haven't read it read it. But I don't want to ruin anything for anybody if you haven't read it yet. Um, spoiler alert, right? So, but, um, but there was a lot going on there. And what I found most funny, and, and it's not funny, but it's so strange, is that she was so adamant about her OCD, about her weight and about cleaning. But yet when it came to roping her skill or her therapy, she wasn't adamant about that. She wasn't as precise that oh my roping skill has to be 100% or my therapy I've got to give 100% but yet she was about cleaning and her weight loss um so again there are choices we make and we have to be aware that we have the power we have the power to say you know I choose to to do this I choose not to do this um I know there's times you're going to get mad and sad because you had a bad run. But are you willing to do the work to fix it? Are you going to work at it? You can't just run and run and keep making the same mistakes over. Sometimes you have to change your mental game. Sometimes you have to change how you tune up your horse. Um, things have to change. Sometimes you have to slow down to get it right again. But what makes your, what, what, the another part of this um, book she talks about, um, when she finally started becoming happy again, she found out that was when she became her most authentic self or most productive. And the most happy was when her soul was happy. And um, she asked, what makes your spirit come alive? And I've talked about that for the last year in this group about having passion and purpose and knowing that. For me, it's obvious that horses and TLC brings me my greatest joy other than being a mother.
you know, that was, uh, you know, a, a, an amazing thing. Um, so an everyday mom, I'm still a mom, but he's, you know, on his own now. So, but, um, and for you, it's gotta be horses and barrel racing because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be in this group. You wouldn't be sending me videos. You wouldn't be trying to improve. Um, so I can suggest things for you guys to do. I can uh, even tell you how to fix it, but you've got to do the work. And whether that's your mind game, visualizing your runs, whether it's the relationship you have with your horse, whether it's being assertive in competition, whether it's believing in yourself. She talks about herself being a victim and blaming her parents and how she had to change that mindset and stop blaming. You know, it is important that we trust ourselves. It's important that we know that we have the power to make our choices and that if we work hard, hopefully things come together and 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 go the direction they are going to go but there's going to be ups and downs if you think it's just going to be a one rate one way road to you know championship or one way road to the 1d it's not it's going to be a curvy road with lots of ups and downs and you have to be able to handle adversity and setbacks and not quit um there's not one person you know people don't post on facebook the hard stuff they post the good stuff because that's what gives them joy you know that's what brings them joy no one wants to really i mean no one wants to see all the drama and all that i mean you know i mean you know that's stuff you share maybe with your family or your closest friends and help you get through it or in the group if there's things you need to talk to me as your coach about but but ultimately people don't share my horse has an abscess so i can't ride for a week you know um they show their good videos but there's a lot of people out there trying to make a living doing this or competing at it and are dealing with a hot nail or an abscess or you pre-entered something big like world and all of a sudden your horse has an abscess i mean things happen it's just part of it so all you can do is really just do the work trust yourself and you know god willing what's meant to be is going to be there's only so much control you have over things you can't worry about what you don't have control over so um i do i do think though like for instance some of you might send me videos every single week and sometimes they're the same mistakes over and over then if that's the case, you need to take time out and quit sending me competition videos and do some practice and work on improving those mistakes. Some of you send me videos every week and I see really nice changes and improvements. And that's a great thing. So you really do need to take control, do the slow work and change your cues, whatever it takes. And that's why I tell you to journal. Journal what's going on in your life. Journal, hey, my horse plays today. And I rode them three times this week. Hey, my horse sucked today and I didn't ride for a week and a half because of the rain or my job or whatever. Um, you know, remember what your mindset was. Uh, you know, remember what you were focused on. Um, maybe even when you were going to the alleyway or how you felt when you warmed up. Write those things in your journal because I'm not there with you guys every moment. You know, um, one of you sent me a video and said, oh, I heard your voice in my mind saying sit and look and and all of that and I hope you hear me on the on the bleachers telling you to drive your horse with your legs and to to hustle and you know and and I hope you hear me rooting for you and giving you cues and all of that but I also um I hope that 
you're taking the time to do the work that gets you there too, because I can't always be there, right? I don't know how it feels in your head. I don't know how your horse feels when you're on their back. Um, those are things that you need to be aware of. And those are things you can tell me about and we can discuss them. And I want to do that as a coach, because as a coach, I'm trying to always find better ways to coach, how to be there for you more. So when you win, I want to know what did you do different? When you lose, I want to know what did you do different? It's important to me to know too, so that we can get a consistency of winning going, you know, a consistency of good runs going. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and close with saying a few things. Um, bottom line, it's always important to strive to improve, but don't forget your why. Is winning worth beating yourself up or having a really bad day with your horse and your friends or family because you did not do well? Imagine that same day with your horse and your friends and your family on the beach. Just you and your horse having fun on the beach. That kind of joy. Can you keep that same joy when you practice? Can you keep that same joy when you compete? Um... You really should because I know all of you are doing this because you enjoy it, because you love it. And um, it's an expensive hobby. I know it's an expensive sport. Some of you may do it for a living, um, but horses are expensive. Just feeding them and keeping them healthy is expensive, much less the trucks and trailers and expenses to go up and down the road. So I want you to think about what went well and what you need to work on next. But most of all, just enjoy the moment. That's really the most important thing. Um, you know, when I look back now in my 50s, from my 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's not the buckles, of, you know, the, the money. It's not the wins that stick out. It truly is the journey, the memories, the relationships with my horses, the friends, the family, those things that stand out. And... The accomplishments that I, um, I felt like uh, about, you know, you find out about yourself, what you're capable of and all of that. So, so anyhow, I'm going to leave you there. Um, it's only a 30 minute podcast, but I think I talked about a lot of important things for you to really process. And, um, and again, you know, the more feedback that you give to me or give to yourself and write in your journal, the more it's going to lead to your consistency and competition. Um, so just start paying attention to the details. You know, am I practicing enough? Am I warming up correctly? Is my mindset where it should be? And I think you'll find that things will get better for you and become more consistent for you. And you'll keep going in the right direction. Um, as each horse is an individual, so is each rider and everybody processes and interprets things slightly different. Um, we all have our own way of learning and, um, and you have to look at it from that point of view. So thank you guys for tuning into my podcast and I hope you enjoyed this Q and A, um, and I'm really proud of those riders that have had their um, PB so far for the month. Um, you know, whether it was your first time taking your horse to a horse show or you won the 1D, 
whatever your win was, I'm really proud of all of you. Um, and like I said, we've had eight PB so far in Tennessee, Kansas, New York, Florida. Um, I think those are the main states so far. But I'm pulling for all of you to have a personal best this month. And whatever it is, I'm going to add Rocky that he loped the barrels. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart and God bless.